Hey you, you're listening to episode 118 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about cycles of self-improvement, how to have healthy aspirations, the life after you achieve your goals, the role of deprivation in your goal setting, and the whole thought that my life will be better when dot dot dot. Today's podcast extra can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash e one one eight. I got two cool things to share with you today, and that is that I've put together a free guide on how to start keto and end your keto overwhelm. You're probably listening to this in the new year. Maybe you're wanting to start keto and you're wondering, how do I do all of this in a healthy way? You can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash free to get this free download and get started. Second cool thing is that if you love this conversation with our guest today, head back over to episode 57 of the podcast where we're chatting all about happy weight. We discussed the difference between goal weight and happy weight, using keto to get to your happy weight, healing stalls, and so much more. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. From television, print, and billboard ads to social media and internet marketing, making you feel less than is a billion-dollar industry. You won't find that here. And if you're struggling to make sense of the truth that you are so much more than good enough, I'd like to help. My 21-day Whole Keto Challenge is open for registration, and as a listener of the show, you'll receive 20% off this daily coaching program with the coupon code KETONOW at checkout. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash whole. Use the code keto now for your 20% off. Whole Keto complements your healthy keto lifestyle so you can repair your relationship with your body and start living your joy now. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Danielle Delavalle, who's a nutritional therapy practitioner, associate instructor for the Nutritional Therapy Association, author of Happy Weight, and host of the Happy Body podcast. You can find her sharing inspirational videos over on her Patreon page as Danielle Delavalle NTP. Before we get started with today's episode, about halfway through, I chat about how I relapsed with an eating disorder, and I wanted to take a moment to explain what that means and Also, for anyone that might be thinking, oh my gosh, what happened? Are you okay? Um, Because I know that that's always my reaction when I hear that somebody's relapsed. I just want to let you know that I'm fine. This happened in October, so it's December now. I've done a lot of work since then. I'm feeling much better. So for those of you who maybe don't know what um, an eating disorder is or relapsing, I, I struggled with an eating disorder for many years, anorexia, bulimia. And I've been in remission for a couple of years. And I say in remission because I do understand that there will always be an eating disorder kind of laying at the base of my being. It's always there. It's just whether or not I act on it. And the voice and the strength of it definitely gets weaker and weaker as time goes on. But I always have to understand that there could be triggers out there that I don't know yet and it could pop up at any time. And I need to provide myself with tools so that when it does pop up, I know how to deal with it. And so I've been in remission 
for a couple of years and I've done a lot of self-care in this area and just self-discovery in order to determine what my triggers are, how to deal with them, how to stay connected with myself. I've done a really good job at it and I've shared many of these steps with all of you. And you've definitely been on this journey with me from the very beginning. And I wasn't as open to talk about my experience with an eating disorder when I was going through it. But as I started to heal my body, I'm more open to talk about it. So somebody said something to me, they called me thin. And because I hadn't been spending a lot of time on myself, I was in the middle of writing a book. (laughs) I was on the cusp of writing my next book. There were lots of things going on. We had just moved into the boat and I hadn't been taking care of myself in a couple of weeks. I wasn't connecting with, with myself on a daily basis. I wasn't doing my practices. And as soon as that person called me that thing, which you would think, you know, you might be thinking, oh, boo hoo, you know, somebody called you thin, how lucky. But for somebody with an eating disorder, for somebody who has had an experience with an eating disorder, commenting on their body can be very triggering. And I knew this. And sometimes we think that we are beyond something when actually (laughs) we're not. And it's really hard to determine whether or not something's going to set us off depending on where we're at in our lives. And this goes for everything. It's not just for people that um, have experienced an eating disorder. It's a full gamut of individuals that if you have been hurt by something, something that you don't even think could bring it up again will and we have to deal with that and because I hadn't been spending time on loving and caring for myself I wasn't able to catch it quick enough and I ended up relapsing this was a momentary relapse it happened once as soon as it happened I called my husband he came right to me we chatted about it it took me a couple of days to unpack what had happened what set me off because I didn't even know like what why did this happen? I've been doing so great for years. And I think it's really important in these spaces where generally we might be really disappointed in ourselves. It's important that we give ourselves space in a no shame zone and that we aren't disappointed with ourselves. And this is very much in line with the conversation we have with Danielle today about really allowing ourselves space to understand ourselves and accept ourselves and set aspiring goals that are how we want to feel and really connecting to ourselves. And so I I just, I really want everyone to know that regardless of what happens in 2019, regardless of how you may disappoint yourself, you're still an amazing human that has a gift to give the world. And one little quote unquote setback can teach you so much about the work that you need to do with yourself. And these quote unquote setbacks are are truly a gift. And we see them as that. And we see them as our body saying, hey, girl, wait one second, we need to do some work here. That is truly unbelievable. So I just wanted to say all that before we got started with the episode because I didn't want anyone not understanding what had happened. And I'm feeling really good about everything. And I'm just very excited to share this episode with you. Now for more information about connecting with your body, intuitive eating, And many of the things I just chatted about, plus what we're going to be chatting about today in the episode, if you have my digital program, Fat Fueled, head on over to chapter two, where I've outlined seven days to food freedom. There are steps that you can follow in order to start 
connecting to your body. Additionally, I have a program called the Whole Keto Challenge. You can find it by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash shop, where I guide you over 21 days on how to do all of this work and really connect to your body listen to your body, start trusting your body, and build up on the self-acceptance that we all could really need this year. Okay, without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. Hey, Danielle, what's up? Hi, Leanne, how's it going? I'm so good. I'm so happy we're chatting again. Me too. <laughs> it's hard to believe it was just a couple of months ago that we were chatting in real life, but it feels like five years. I think because a lot has happened in both of our <laughs> it's insane how fast life moves. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I like to ask all of our guests when we're chatting about topics like this, what does self-acceptance mean to you? So that's a pretty loaded one because it, it can mean so many different things for every single person, obviously, because we are all so different. But really when it comes down to the bare bones of acceptance, what we really want is a feeling of love and general well-being towards every part of not only our body, but then our life. That's typically what I, because when we're, when we're talking, we're nutritionists talking about bodies and health. We also want to talk about environment as well. So self-acceptance is that general feeling of just happiness to me. I love it. And okay. So let's rewind, say like 10 years. And think back to December 30th, 31st of 10 years ago, what was going through your brain as the new year approached? You know, I think I really did used to get caught up in what everybody else was doing in terms of like commercialization of, you know, that whole, like, let's, let's start a resolution and let's do something different. And, you know, I, my family was raised Catholic. And so Lent was always that big thing too, you know, where it was like, oh, we're going to give up this thing or we're going to do this new thing. And, and so I would, I would kind of try and do something, but it wouldn't last, (laughs) you know, it would be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to eat healthy finally, or I'm going to exercise, or I'm going to, you know, try and, and, you know, get this whatever this body is that everybody's talking about. And, um, and it definitely messes with you because you're just coming off of a high of spending time with family. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you suck. Your life sucks. Everything about you is terrible, you know? And so it's a, it's an interesting way to start the year for sure. <laughs> I had never even thought about that. You're coming on this high of like all the festivities and like your heart is all warm from all the family stuff. And then there's like this heaviness of like, Oh gosh, January 1st. And I suck as a human being. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's nothing like it. Back to today's episode in a sec. Did you know it's possible to enjoy a glass or two of wine and stay in ketosis? Yeah, that's right. Dry Farm Wines is the first wine club that sources wines with zero sugar, so you can drink your wine and not compromise your ketones. Plus, Dry Farm Wines curates only the highest quality natural wines from small, sustainable family farms. Their wines are organic, dry farmed, and naturally low in alcohol with zero additives and zero carbs. Listeners of the podcast can add an extra bottle of wine to their first Dry Farm Wines order for just one penny sign up for your first case now by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash wine unsure of the link simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details okay back to today's episode so then like like myself i would last until 
the 13th, the 14th, maybe the 23rd. And then that quote unquote failure would come in and I'd go off plan or I'd stop doing the things that I promised myself I would really do. And then there was like this heaviness and this guilt and shame around the fact that I wouldn't amount to anything. And then I'd give up all aspirations for a long time and get in this hole. Did did you experience something similar? Yeah, it was like cycles almost. So I would do that. And then all of a sudden it was, they were advertising for bikini season, you know, and then it would be like, oh, it's May, let's work hard and, you know, do all these crazy things and restrict and, you know, and, and then you would do it all over again right before the holidays, you know, it's like, oh, it's back to school. And and now we got to look good for everybody for the holidays. And so it was just these random cycles of just feeling like, you know, emotionally like garbage the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get off the roller coaster? Like, do you remember this aha moment? I don't think I've ever asked you that where it was like, wait a minute. I definitely had an aha moment, but did you have one? I did. I, I definitely did. It was, it was when I realized that, um, cause it was right about the time I was healing my gut and I started, you know, going gluten-free and that type of stuff and really changing my, my habits. And I realized, Oh, this is a lifestyle. Like this is what I do every day and not the restricting and not the, I hate myself, but like, I, I'm going to nourish my body every day and I'm going to show up and take care of myself. And so it was, it was a very profound moment. And then I, um, I stopped relating with all of that marketing that was going on and, and just turned it into white noise, essentially. A lot of people think that aspirations and goals can't coexist with self, self-acceptance. And how do you feel about that? Well, as a clinical nutritionist, I do have to disagree. Um, I just think that our goals uh, should never be something that make us feel bad about ourselves. So, you know, for me specifically, I always look at the tests. So the goal is going to be, are we going to come off of our medication? Are we going to reduce our blood pressure, our cholesterol? Are we going to get our hormones in balance? And those are positive goals. And so it's, you know, really what I like to do is, have the emotional component of self-love and then also having these really beneficial positive goals of reaching towards finding that self that's going to make us feel good every day. So you kind of mentioned like, what can we do instead? Like getting off medication, how do we maintain a healthy relationship with that? Because I guess where I'm getting at is a woman can decide, I just want to feel better. Like maybe it's brain fog. I just this year, I would really like to just not have brain fog. And I mean, we'll, we'll unpack the whole this year thing maybe after this, but I really just want to live without brain fog and hear a couple things that I want to do. But then she's flipping through a magazine two months later. She's like totally hitting her goal of not having brain fog. And a magazine tells her that she's not good enough because she's a size, I don't know, insert a number here, 12. How do we constantly deal with the beratement of that media telling us that we're not good enough? You know, it's... It's one of those situations that it, it is an exercise in itself. So we don't buy those magazines anymore. We don't watch the shows that make us feel bad about ourselves. We don't follow the people on social media that make us question our life or make us feel um, you know, crappy about what it is we're doing. We really almost have to become Luddites in a way where we go back to an antiquated version of society, which I very much like. And, you know, we find community with people and humans and have human conversations and find that vulnerability piece and, and really just try and shut down 
that mass marketing of, you know, that has been set in place for a very long time. I mean, clearly it's not something we can outrun, but it is something that, you know, I always tell people you vote with your dollar, you know, the less magazines you buy, the magazine industry fails. The the less, you know, uh, diet stuff you buy, the diet industry fails. And so really just becoming your own sort of advocate and pioneer to just say, no, I don't accept those things in my life because I know I'm amazing and I'm going to continue to to pursue that. Yeah, something I've really been focusing on, especially lately, is supporting small businesses with my dollar. So instead of, you know, getting earrings at Target, you know, finding a really cool jewelry maker that makes earrings that's local and then getting those. And yeah, they could be more expensive and, you know, it's hard earned cash that I'm giving out, but it's just somebody else that can then live their dream and do the things that they want to do with their lives. And it just feels so much better having just one pair of earrings that costs $55 as opposed to 10 from Target. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. And so we chatted a little bit about like this year, I'm going to get off my medication. And I think that there's a lot of stress around, okay, 2019 is here. I'm going to be a better human. I'm going to do this thing. Even if it's coming from a space of self-acceptance, there's a lot of stress that comes with this time next year, I'm going to be better. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we have to understand that time goals are finite, right? They're not something that actually are continuous because they're, they're, there's, no, there's no aspect actually finishing. And so we have to understand that we have to really deconstruct the what it actually is like completely because people think goal has specific end, specific end date. When I achieve such end date, I will achieve ultimate happiness. And that's not actually, that's not reality, even though we've been taught that that's the way that it is. But the reality is, is that there is no time. There is no this time next year. It's how do I want to feel right now? And what am I doing to achieve that? And, you know, and then it is ongoing because bodies continuously change. You know, they say, what is it that our, our, you know, our, our taste buds change every seven years, you know, our microbiome is going through continual, you know, 24 hour processes. We have to understand that, you know, this beautiful biological, you know, body that we live in is always growing and always changing. So those goals are going to change as well. And so having that this time next year is just complete bull honky. You ask me. (laughs) Yeah. And so much can change in a year. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just think about how, how many things have changed since we last chatted. I don't even know what that was. Like, it was like July. I think it was a beautiful day in July that we will always remember having coffee and not having anything to do that day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Like I actually had free time on a book tour to like hang out with a friend. (laughs) (laughs) It's nuts. And I, I love, I love the question. How do I want to feel right now? That's something that I've really, I am super guilty of, and guilt isn't the right word. I'm very good at 
designing a life in my brain and then jumping headfirst into that life and then being like, well, why, why don't I have all the things? And, and I've, I've built this thing up, like, why don't I have it right now? And something I've really tried lately is how do I want to feel right now? Like, what is that feeling that I want to feel? And what can I do right now to capture that feeling? Whether it's like stepping outside into the sun or going for a swim. I'm currently in this beautiful house if you're watching the video and it has a pool in the back. So I've been like just jumping in there whenever I just need to like de-stress. I think that's really important of like living in the moment. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's truly what I try and cultivate with people is that aspect of mindfulness, you know, really just come back into your body and think, what am I doing in this moment? And and how do I want to proceed into the next moment? Because if we do, if we jump headfirst into this life or this idea that's completely outside of us, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we're going to get there or what it's going to feel like. And, and then we may be disappointed because then we have this thing built up inside of our head that it's going to be this idea of whatever perfect is, but perfect doesn't actually exist. And, and then it creates anxiety and tension. And then that's when deprivation comes in. And then that's when we have that sort of like that rebellious behavior against it. And so if we just really just live from moment to moment, and there are profound changes and healing that can happen with that as well. So yeah, deprivation is a big thing. Deprivation (laughs) restriction. I mean, the whole my experience with an eating disorder was all based on the deprivation restriction cycle of, and then I'd feel guilt and shame and it would just repeat and repeat and repeat. So let's, let's chat a little bit more about deprivation and the role that it has for all of us. Like what's going on there? What are the feelings and what are the sources that are causing that deprivation? Absolutely. So Deprivation is something that we we all deal with in so many different levels. And, and that idea of, you know, that I'm I should be this one way or I'm supposed to be this one way, that that is the catalyst for what deprivation. And because the reality is, is there is no should, there is no uh ideal, there is no element of perfection. There's just a matter of how you want to feel, but we don't understand that aspect. So we, we live in this world where we think we're supposed to be this one specific way and it doesn't fit. It's not clicking. And then we realize, oh my gosh, well, then there's something wrong with me and I'm a failure or I suck at life or, you know, there's all this fear and anxiety that sets in. And so we start to remove things out of our life that uh, at one point maybe created happiness for us or, you know, was a, is an integral part of our day. And so we say, no, I must take this thing out because then I must be this one way. And so then, of course, that we're just riddled with this feeling of, of depravity. And then that, of course, we know deprivation breeds entitlement. And so then we say of, no, well, I can do this and I can do that. And then we go to an extreme. So then we overcompensate. And then that's where more you know, controlled restriction comes in or we get binge eating disorder or you know, we go off on a bender and do all of these different things because we're so out of balance because the balance we knew before was being taken away from us because of an outside ideal. And then it's just chaos. And unfortunately, that is the state of most of the people in our country today, unfortunately, when it comes to food and their relationship with their bodies. Yeah. It's so, I mean, we have so much work to do in the space and I sometimes forget that it's, that not everyone talks like this and that not everyone listens to podcasts like this. And then I just have regular conversations. Like we went to a fundraiser a couple of weeks ago and I, 
I don't know, the topic of food came up and I don't love talking about my work like outside of my work because it's just, it's like bash my head against a wall and somebody said something and I was like, wait, humans still think this? Like, this is, (laughs) haven't we been through this? I'm like, oh yeah, not everyone is at this stage and that's why it's so important even for listeners who have full-time jobs or, you know, have nothing to do with health and wellness to share share this message with their children and their friends and anyone who's interested. You know, I've had many girlfriends be like, so tell me about this self-acceptance stuff. And I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> <Let's do this. laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> I'm going to change your life. Yeah. Get a notepad. (laughs) (laughs) And so I know that there is this belief around New Year's, and I think we really need to focus on it because many of the women listening, if you're still listening and you don't think we're just talking a bunch of baloney, about the fact that if I lose X pounds or I look X way, my life will be better, I'll be happier. I know that that's something that I believed for a long time, and I would say. I still have moments where I think that, like I would say five to 10% of my life still has that story. How do we, I mean, it's a loaded, it's a loaded question, but how do we take the first step to understanding that maybe that's not true? I think we have to find a likeness. We have to find a likeness because that's, I mean, that takes, that could take a a whole journey for people, you know, multiple books or a retreat or something that's completely life-changing for them um, to this place of acceptance. But the first step I would say is find a likeness to someone or something that makes you feel really good about yourself, that makes you feel a place of non-judgment, that makes you feel accepted, that makes you feel beautiful and, and hold on to that and then see where it takes you and kind of go on that journey. Because we are all, we're all victim to it for sure. I mean, I wrote the book on body love and it creeps in sometimes. And then I'm like, whoa, let's unpack this. Where did this come from? And it usually is something someone else said. So that shame conversation is always going to be perpetual. Someone's going to say something mean. Someone's always going to say something about your body to you. Like sometimes it's not even behind your back. Sometimes it is straight up to your face. And you may not even notice it because you're so used to it, but that's how it creeps back in. And so what we have to do is we have to go back to that safe place and find that, that, that beautiful feeling of love and, um, and acceptance again. Back to today's episode in a sec. Some people choose to do plant-based keto and others do carnivore-based keto. I'd like to think I'm somewhere in the middle loving meat and plants. I thrive on the right kind of animal protein, protein from healthy animals, animals that get treated fairly, have happy lives on pasture, and are raised ethically. That's why I choose to eat grass-fed and finished beef, free-range chicken, and heritage-bred pork. I'm so happy I can get these options from ButcherBox, a meat subscription service I've used since 2016. Listeners of the show get $20 off your first order, plus free bacon in your first box, plus free shipping. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to get your instant savings. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. Yeah, I think you raise a good point. And for anyone listening that might have an experience with an eating disorder, something happened to me recently, and it took me a couple of days to process it. I relapsed with my eating disorder about a week ago. 
and totally blows. And I've done so much work to get to this point. And what triggered me was somebody said, you're a thin white woman. And that just brought up so much for me. Like when people comment on my body in a way that I don't believe, it was challenging for me to, to process that at that moment. And it made me relapse. And I've been, I've been solid for almost two years fighting the good fight. And it just took that one comment that wasn't even, wasn't even directed at me in a harsh way. It was just somebody saying something. And I understand that now, but in that moment, somebody commenting on my body was enough for me to be like, to just totally forget all the things and go back in time. (laughs) And I think, I think it's super dangerous when we comment on, would you agree that when when we comment on other people's bodies, you don't necessarily know how it's going to be taken. Like a lot of people be like, Oh my gosh, Leanne, boohoo. Somebody called you thin. But for somebody who struggled with an eating disorder, being told that they're thin brings on a whole bunch of stuff that is, is challenging to unpack. Would you agree? Oh, I completely, I completely wholeheartedly agree because I, I, I just recently spent a weekend with family and I'm so sorry that that happened to you, Leanne. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's really tough. I just spent a weekend with family and and my body has changed a lot since uh, the last time people saw me. And, you know, my cousin had even said, no, you were too skinny before. And, but then that makes me hate my former self and can't dislike body before now or future. We have to like our body as a whole and come to a place of healing And so it's disruptive to my healing because then it's like, oh my gosh, well, what if my body changes again? I don't want my body to change again. And then the fear creeps in. And so then it stops me from, I don't know, what if I wanted to go run a marathon, but then it made my body, but then I'm just going to think about my body the whole time instead of, you know, doing something awesome. Like, you know, I've, I've never run a marathon before. What if that was something I wanted to accomplish? And so this is the problem is that we can come to a place of healing, but those comments are always, they're always going to hit us. And so just really at least learning to sit with it and, you know, understand where we need to go from there. I do. I, I, I completely can relate. And I'm sorry that, that happened. It's all a lesson. It's just, you know how it is, you know, you work so feverishly and understanding yourself. And I think for me, it's, you know, I'm at the very edge of a, submitting a manuscript and I'm not taking care of myself and I I didn't have, you know, like you do your practices and you work up to things and you have everything kind of balanced out and you let your guard down because you're exhausted and I I haven't been doing enough self-care. And then that came at me and I didn't even have, I wasn't self-conscious enough to realize that it bothered me that much in the moment. And I think, I think that just goes to show of like, you being conscious of yourself, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions is so important with any of this sort of work. Because when you're not checking in with yourself, then there's no space that you've created. And it is what it is. And you know, it's it's frustrating, because it just is, it's just really frustrating. But to be even be able to talk about it two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to oh my God, say this on a podcast. And when I know like at least a hundred thousand people are going to hear that, you know, it's, it's terrifying, but it's also, I think it's so important to understand, you know, how, however far we get in this process of 
accepting our body and giving a middle finger to the new year and everything that it stands for, we can still have comments like you experienced back home and and know that it'll be it'll be fine and there's space that we created and we learn from that process. And in the case of teachers like us, it's like, okay, how can we use that to teach and our experience, um, even though it's really crappy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to mention the whole, I think we should just have a policy and I've, I've really been practicing this of not commenting on people's bodies at all. Not at all. Not even close. Not one iota. Not a, you look great more. How about you look happy? So proud of your accomplishments. That thing you did last week, that was badass. Like, no, no more, no more body stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And even with children, you know, like my cousin has a daughter who's five years old and she loves wearing princess dresses. Like, I I don't know. She's obsessed with princess dresses. And every time I see her on the video, I, I, I very much consciously try not to say you look so pretty or because I think it just sets that stage of you are a body and it looks great at a certain, you know, how it looks. You, you never know how that stuff is going to translate as that little being becomes a, a woman. Yes. <laughs> and they absorb everything you say. So, and they want to do exactly what you're doing. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and this is reason number 8,472 why I am not responsible enough to have a child. <laughs> <laughs> I second that for myself. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, I screw up my dogs. So (laughs) was it uh, Justin Baldoni? I am just like so obsessed with him. He's the one that's on Jane the Virgin and he's always talking about his daughter. And he recently has been like taking her, um, you know, to school in the morning and he's like, I can't even drink coffee because then she wants to drink coffee and then realizes we become these like fully functioning adults after we've had a cup of coffee. And then I'm on my phone all the time. And he's like, I got to make sure I'm not on my phone. And I was like, Oh my God, just even those two thoughts of me, I'm I'm continuously uh, approving that I am not going to have children. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, parents have such a beautiful job and like kudos to anyone who is a a parent because Oh my goodness. It is crazy. Um, okay. What do you think is missing in the keto space for women right now? Like, what do you wish there was more of, you know? So I, I guess I would say from, from a, from afar, it doesn't, there needs to be any different, but up close. Cause I went on the low carb cruise. Um, I was a speaker in the spring and to observe the behaviors Um, it was very disordered and it was very triggering for me. And I had to like continuously say it was okay that I was like eating what I was eating because I was on vacation and people were like, literally like up in my face, questioning my food, questioning my drinks. Like I was just like, it was too much. I will never do that again. I don't think I'll ever do this with people that are in that space again, because that is not the headspace I was in. So from afar, I feel like keto's great. It's, it's doing what it needs. I, I feel like you are doing the best work in keto because you bring in like the body love and the acceptance and everything like that. And you, you don't like, you teach people how to understand food and how it works in their body. And so they're not continuously like weighing and measuring every macro. So I would say if people could be following more of the style of keto that you're doing, it would be probably more beneficial on a mass scale. But the, for the rest of the ketogenic sphere, if you're not using it, for a severe therapeutic style of healing, 
then please stop making it a clinical uh, style. Stop making a clinical diet because you really have like, I don't know, epilepsy, Parkinson's, cancer, any sort of neurodegenerative disorder, any sort of inflammatory disease that needs a therapeutic style of ketogenics, then please stop weighing and measuring your food. Stop checking that you're in ketosis all of the time and just like live in your body. The fact that you're, you're eating to nourish so obsessed with your food. So that's what I, I mean, as a, as a clinical nutritionist and someone that actually works with people and the population that only does more harm if we're bringing that clinical aspect into the gen pop, because it doesn't have a space there. Yes. Oh my gosh. And thanks for the photo confidence. That means a lot coming from you. So that's like (laughs) highlight of my day. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think you know, even going to things like KetoCon can be triggering for me just because, well, especially when I first started keto and I was eating traditional keto. And then in 2014, when I started going to my first keto conferences and there's that girl over there that says she's keto, but she's eating a sweet potato. And it's like having to justify your food choices. It's too much. It's totally too much. So I just choose not to eat like in front of people. (laughs) Bring it to my room. I will eat my sweet potatoes in peace. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's too great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Danielle. I really appreciate it. You're always such a blast to chat with. I'm just grateful to you. I'm just, I I think you're such an amazing human and everything you're doing in the world is so beneficial. And and I feel very blessed to call you my friend. Oh, my heart. (laughs) Thank you so much. And where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at daniellezellavalley.com or on Instagram at daniellezellavalleyntp. And um, if you subscribe, you will see that I am launching a brand new 12-week online course. When does that launch? Do that launch in, yeah, in February, the first week of February. And it's a 12 weeks to happy weight. So it's going to be super exciting. I am so excited for this. Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I finally, two years, it's been published in January. So yeah, I figured I had to do something. Well, good luck creating it <laughs> and Thank have fun you. with that process. And <laughs> uh, we'll include all the show notes and links and things that you just shared over at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash e 118, including a link to your, your, your website and the program. If you have it live by then, by the time the show goes live, um, and your book and all the things. Yay. Well, thanks so much for coming on again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 